And welcome everyone to the WKIF Wrestling Network. My name is Max. I am a lifelong wrestling fan. We bring in somebody who is not a lifelong wrestling fan to talk about wrestling with us. And I am joined this as I am every week by the man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour, former GWF announcer, Craig Johnson. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I just love when he gives me these big introductions and it's like, hi. Hi. Uh, well, great to be with you as always. We've got, uh, we're, we're back to pay-per-views this week as opposed we to the uh, dumpster fire or car wreck or whatever we want to call it. It's a Talladega night for the Blackjack Brawl. So yes. we've got that in our rear view mirror because if you're not first you're not uh, if you're not first you're last and uh shake and bake and all that sort of stuff <laughs> so uh i i would like to introduce go ahead. uh someone right now who is our guest uh so hold on a sec i have to go get this other guy stand by ladies and gentlemen coming to us all the way from haifa israel a personal, long-time friend of Scotty Goldman, Matt Classic, and Colt Cabana, quite possibly, although they've never met, please welcome Abby the Maccabee! Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. Yes. That was uh, epic. I feel very special right now. Well, thank you. That's what you're supposed to feel. <laughs> Avi uh, is a friend of mine. We've been friends for uh, a while. Yes. Actually, a long time. Because long, yeah, I would say al camp, almost yeah. 20 years at this yeah. point. But yeah. will you be after this podcast? That's the question. <laughs> it's, a, it's a stress test for sure. <laughs> um, and yes, this week we were talking about, like you said, we're back to network pay-per-views. We're back to we're on WrestleMania 8. Here's my overall impression. Last week was the worst thing I had ever seen. Um, <laughs> it's true. So, this is not bad. Like, I'm, I'm, I want to lean into calling it bad. It's just boring. It comes from a time when WWF had absolutely no direction. Uh, I think Vince just was like gearing, now. Well, oh. I think Vince was gearing up for the steroid trial at the time. And had the World Bodybuilding Federation. And had the World Bodybuilding Federation to, to focus on. So this is a, a, a great example of a show where the promotion's just given up. Um, well, I don't know, man. They booked Reba McIntyre, so there's that. Reba in 1992. That's yeah. solid. Um, that is solid. Um, so, but yeah, there's like... Well, There's well, not let's... a lot of trying to escalate new stars. They're not focusing on angles. It's kind of, you know, in the middle. It doesn't feel like a WrestleMania. It doesn't have that spectacle to it. In terms of television production, this is called a show that was stacked. It is stacked. And, and what that means is you just take one thing and stack it on top of another and mm -hmm. stack it on top of another and then have segues in between which in this case were interview with the baby face, interview with the heel, and let's yep. start the match. Yep. And then have an interview with the baby face, mm -hmm. interview with him, and then let's start the match. In other words, there was no production value to this wonderful spectacular in the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana. 
And you could tell that because, as always, we like to circle back to last week. Vince opens the show sounding just like Herb Abrams. He really does. That's I actually have that written down. Intro, Vince energy. Vince put a <laughs> lot of energy into his voiceover. Um, <laughs> I'm done from there! Yeah. In this very ring! <laughs> yeah, it's advertised as a double main event, and I'm guessing that's just because the championship match was, like, fourth from last. Uh, so... It's a double main event. We're going to get to see uh, Flair Savage, which is great, and Hogan Sid Justice, which is not. Um, <laughs> not even remotely, and I liked Hulk Hogan. <laughs> um, yes, we are at the Hoosier Dome. Our our commentary team is Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. On a really team. bad chroma key. Yes. Oh, oh God, yeah. Um, classic team, though. Classic uh, team, but here's my question, mm-hmm. and and Avi, you can chime in on this. Did it sound like Gorilla was yelling the entire time and never stopped yelling because he was yelling over all these people that happened to not be there? Because I'm sure they pre-taped this before the greatest thing in <laughs> history will be made. It did quite a lot. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot. Okay, I'm learning to work this mic. And so, you, you, so I was on the, I, I was on the other side of the room when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Professional projection right there. And thank you. And yes, we have Reba McIntyre uh, singing the national anthem in a strange twist for WrestleMania. She's not singing America the Beautiful. She's actually singing the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, I want to say this is the only time that's happened, but I didn't look it up. I bet uh, you it was like her request. Like, I'm not singing. I'm only going to sing the national anthem. That would make sense. Um, I gotta say, that's, like, WrestleMania usually has celebrities of the moment. Reba McIntyre is a pretty good get for 1992. Yeah. Um, Peak of her career, for sure. And, of course, it leads into the first bout, which allows us to call her a Reba McIntyre. Yep. (laughs) They corrected him, like, twice for that, too, didn't they? Yep. (laughs) That's right. It's El Matador Tito Santana. Versus the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Wow. Heartbreak Kid jerking the curtain. Um, And you have to, of course, be able to um, mention that the boy toy song actually sung by by Sensational Sherry. Yes, I wrote that down. Not uh, the version we're more familiar with where Shawn sings it. It's much cheesier. Yes. Um, I kind of like it, though. Yes, Sean is, uh, is joined by Sherry. Um, it's, the match is good. It's fine. Tito is toward the end of his career at this point. Was he, had he done, no, this is before the AWF, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a promotion that decided the star to build their promotion around was Tito Santana. Um, <laughs> but this is fun. the El Matador gimmick, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> now, did they play Weird Al Yankovic when he came out? That's what they, I want to know. They did not. <laughs> last week, Avi, you have to realize that we're going to make so many references to last week because last week was so bad. And the they brought out Hector Guerrero to... Mondo. Uh, 
Ma- Mondo Guerrero, uh, who is a very famous Mexican wrestler, to a Weird Al Yankovic song. It was Taco Grande. <laughs> As oh opposed to God. Rico Suave. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, Somebody think got Avi I think Avi would have enjoyed last week's show. <laughs> we'll send him I the mean, link, it f- and then he'll never talk to you again. <laughs> it fits my level of corny humor, so I mean, there's yeah. that. Yeah. Um, no, this is good though. Um, it's it's high flying. It's fast paced. Like this is a really good opener. There um, was a bunch of stuff that stood out to me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, one, they it was they dropped the 900 number advertisement, like, right in the middle of it. Yep. Like, oh, you know, find find out uh, comments from the from the stars right after the match. So I was like, that's just so 90s. Yes. You know, everybody had a 900 number. Like, it just brought back a wave of youth. I did. Um, right up front, there's a lady. She must be right next to the announcer booth just screaming, go home, Sean, for, like, the first <laughs> five minutes of the match nonstop. So that really stood out to me. Um, <laughs> now, 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 Avi... You, you, you've hit on something here, and, and it will bring back uh, one of my asides that uh, I love to do from time to time. But, Avi, do you know what the term go home means in wrestling parlance? Not particularly, no. It means end the match. Yeah. Okay. That's what they will <laughs> yes. say to each other when it's time. they're running out of time and they need to end the match. Go home. <laughs> So for like the first five minutes, you just wanted to end, huh? Just get exactly. rid of it. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently. Now the, uh, there there would be de- there would be different ways that the referee, before he had an earpiece in his ear, which they do now, that we tell the referees to go home. Uh, in my particular case with Bronco Lubitsch uh, and Tony Falk, it would be um, adjusting uh, adjusting my tie meant that you had about a minute to go and you need to go home. And if I was really pulling on my tie, that means we're way over time. Um, which led me to a, a house show for Global where it was the only house show I ever did, which is a, a show that you do out on the road. It was somewhere in East Bumble, Texas. And there were two guys that were in a match. And obviously this wasn't on television, but I was doing the ring announcing and Bronco looks down at me and we're about a minute into the match, and I'm pulling on my tie profusely. <laughs> Which is making him, of course, crack up in the ring. He's trying not to crack up in the ring, but he does. Uh, so, yes, go home means finish the damn match. Quick ending, then. Go for a quick yes. ending, apparently. Yes. By the uh, way, who, do- who does Sherry's makeup? Oh. Helen Keller, of course. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah, but uh, the the only thing better than Sherry's makeup, uh, you can take that with, any way you want to. With uh, the heart tattoo drawn on the cheek, yes. What <laughs> was the uh, uh, was the haircut on the referee? Oh my god, he had bangs for days. <laughs> well, it's got to be the excuse. So you know, when he misses things, ah, oh, sorry, my hair was in the way. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and Gorilla and Bobby did not mention any moves whatsoever for the first five minutes of the match. Bobby may have mentioned the flying burrito, but that flying is, of course, bur- yeah. derogatory. So. Fly, well, flying jalapeno is what he said first. Oh, okay. And then, then he got corrected uh, by Gorilla. No, no, it's the flying burrito. Uh, but he threw a bunch of uh, derogatory stuff out there, like yeah. doesn't speak English enough, no tacos tonight. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff flew pretty freely at the time. Yeah. And did you? Uh, did, uh, the thing that impressed me from the work rate, most of all, is... 
I think this was the first and possibly the last time I have ever seen Tito use a headlock for a cover that actually got a two count. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. That's a thing. That's one of the things that Gorilla says he's never seen before is a headlock as a yes. cover. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sean wins this one. Uh, well, so, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> he falls on him. <laughs> Sean sold the hell out of everything in this match, which yeah. is why he is Mr. WrestleMania. Yep. Why? Uh, I I have something on here. Estahante Spicotni or something? <laughs> I, I don't know what that was from, but I seem to remember Bobby saying, you know, Estahante Spicotni. <laughs> and Gorilla was like, what are you talking about, Brain? And yeah. I didn't know what he was talking about either. I, I don't know. <laughs> Simple finish. Sean goes over. Yeah. Um, yeah, we then cut to Mean Gene inter- uh, interviewing Paul Ellering and the Legion of Doom. Yeah. In, um, you know, they're not actually wrestling at this show, um, but we get to hear them talk, which is okay. Now, had um, Ellering been, uh, I'm guessing Ellering had been gone for a while because he was yeah. back with the Legion of Doom. Right. Tell him, Hawk! <laughs> I mean, Hawk looks and sounds like a chemistry teacher if you look past the makeup. <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember these guys from when I was in my early teens. Uh, the, the pads were, are amazing, but... They were more uh, WCW guys. Okay. They were known as the Road Warriors. Oh, okay. I remember that. Yeah, sure. But yeah, he. I looked at him and I'm like, man, this is this is totally like a weekend jaunt for a chemistry teacher. He looks just <laughs> just like that. Oh, if you only knew. <laughs> yes, he mixed a, a, a lot of liquids in yeah, his day. Uh, he did a lot of powders. <laughs> oh um. boy. <laughs> now, the, there were a couple things that that came out of this interview, and and it's really weird that we're I love analyzing Animal correcting himself. Yes, yeah, that's always good. 25,000. No, 75,000. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I love how it was the old school uh, animal use of DBS instead of DBSI. Because yes. for his for the first years of his career, Ted DBSI was Ted DBS when he was at Central States Wrestling. Right. And that's how he broke in as the Missouri heavyweight champion. But then Animal goes through a list of at least a dozen tag teams towards right. the end of the interview. Right. Did he finish the name of any one of those tag teams no. before going to the next? <laughs> That's true. It was like money and Coco be wet. What? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's a pay-per-view, man. Time is at a premium. You got to cut things short. Yeah. Ellering actually sounded good, though. He sounded really scary. Yes. Um, Ellering's all. Ellering's always been really underrated. I mean, yeah. uh, to listen to him in this, you'd really think that these two guys are scary. Yeah. And the fact is, the the difference between Ellering. Uh, I went back and watched some old Georgia tapes and saw Ellering as a wrestler, and he wasn't that intimidating. But right. when he became a manager, he became intimidating as hell. And that's even more amazing when you realize he was the manager that never got involved. Yep. Never bumped, never ran in, stood at the ring apron holding his newspaper, and it worked, you know? Um, His Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Um, 
And then we go from Mean Gene to one of my favorite Sean guys, Mooney. Sean Mooney, interviewing Jake the Snake Roberts. Also a great promo, but I don't think he's ever given. No, he has given a bad promo. Are you um, planning on bringing a snake to the ring? <laughs> he would never stand for that in a very convincing manner. <laughs> he was not. Um, but no, that's Jake when he's on is a great promo. I've always loved the fact that. He didn't yell. Um, you know, he, he didn't have it, to. He didn't have to. He just kept it quiet. Made the camera focus on him. Bring it down to his level. Ah, oh, so good. Uh, and then we get a recap of the feud Jake is currently in with the Undertaker. All right, I gotta, I gotta talk about this. Okay. okay. So I, I again, not a major fan, but these are two really big names, so definitely familiar with both of them. Okay. I had seen the Undertaker wrestle a couple times. I mean, he just retired recently right yes the, uh, actually officially friday there you go so very recently timely yeah <laughs> and this flashback of of them in the the you know at the funeral home which i love that you can still pan to the crowd and you know remove yourself from the funeral home right this whole six foot twelve you know however big he is guy is literally handicapped by his hand being stuck in a casket <laughs> I <know>. come on <laughs> I, know. I mean come on <laughs> No. <laughs> and my friend Paul Bear yeah, like, is uh-huh. DDT by Jake the Snake <laughs> Roberts. Oh no! Interesting piece of trivia. This is the second match of the Undertaker's twenty-one match uh, winning streak at WrestleMania. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, twenty-one years he re- he won every year. Well, I've always hated it because nine is a bit iffy, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, and then uh, we go to the match the match yes it's slow it's very very, slow it is a really slow match I mean Taker was always deliberate I guess you know he's a big man he doesn't move quickly Um, but it feels really slow it was. Yeah, that's okay. why. <laughs> and the zombie style sit up. I think he did it three times. Yeah, uh, th- th- that's the, that's the taker trademark right there. That's yeah. a lot. Three times in one match. Like that's a lot. My favorite like, line. Of, oh, I'm, go ahead, Avi. Please. I just, I just feel like it was a little overdone. That was that was all I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line of the match: Bobby the Brain Heenan asking how Paul Bearer received the urn. Oh, yeah, how he got he it. He earned it. He, he earned, earned it. it. Thank you, John Houseman. Yeah. So punny. That, that, that goes back to the days of the paper chase with John Houseman. Oh, yeah. And Smith Bonnie, where we don't just make money, we earn it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Houseman. I'm sorry. <laughs> I miss Percy. Yeah. <laughs> Taker has has Paul with him. It's uh, and he's got the urn. Um, he wins this one with uh, the Tombstone Piledriver on the outside, mm. which that looks impressive. I gotta say that looks like it hurts. And by the way, it was on the concrete, which just happened to be covered by a pad and a stage. By, but it was yes. on the concrete, gorilla. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and th- and this was at a time when they would they would do that constantly. Yep. There are pads there, but Gorilla had to say, "Oh, on the concrete floor! Oh yep. my gosh!" They well, gotta sell it. Um, 
uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a very slow match, and it doesn't. <clears throat> Jake's style doesn't doesn't really work well with the Undertaker's. Um, he would have better WrestleMania matches. Um, yeah, <laughs> we then get Mean Gene interviewing Rowdy Roddy Piper and <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart. Which is just an opportunity for Roddy to uh, do a, a lot of corny roast jokes. Yes. Um, you know. I, yeah. All I could think of when I first saw this interview is, mm-hmm. my God, if this could be a hair match. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive hair on both of them. Oh, my um, gosh. I've never seen Piper with so much hair. <laughs> he, he looked like he was going to go out and, and sing with Poison. <laughs> He, uh, right. What's the one he says? Uh, oh, I've known you since you were in diapers, but of course you were in diapers until you were seven. Yes. Um, <laughs> and your shoes were always tied together. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the way the Piper would do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is. Now, this is interesting because they did not give us context for this. I have no idea why they are fighting. Who's the face? Who's the heel? Who's They're the, both who's faces, the boss? apparently. Yes. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a great match when we get the match, which we do in a moment. Uh, it's absolutely great. It, it, it's just uh, oh, it's for it's for the intercontinental the intercontinental right. title, which Roddy is going in with the title. Um, and he was super suave at the tail end there too. He had the yeah. the roll of tape that yep. he hit him with, flips it in the air, fumbles it, and drops it right in the middle of the interview. Yep. Just spot on. It was perfect. <laughs> well, that would be called a gaff. Yep. <laughs> Nobody got that joke. Gaff That's tape? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> Good match, though. It um, was. Yeah, it was. It, first blood on the mat, I think, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, I looked it up. It's actually a blade job. It does not look like a blade job. No. It looks like hard way. It, um, now, hold on and, a second. There, w- there was one match where the referee... And I was trying to think if it, if it was the the flare match or it, no, it was this match where the referee had to remind Hart where the blade was. No, it was a blade because you could see the ref pick it up and throw it out of the ring. Oh, it was in his boot, and he points at it and, he, and, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's where it." <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> Did not notice that. Yeah. Because no, it's I either, mean, like, either that when or the he actually when he actually blades, it's done really subtly. It's yeah. while um, like it's it's a beautiful looking blade job because when he actually does it, uh, it's while Piper is is punching him like right next to the blade, so you can it uh, you can't tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, like he's pulling out the, all the stops. By the way, that's yeah. that, that's what... the ring winds up full of blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, in the beginning, when they both go over the ropes together, mm-hmm. that looked really good. Yeah. I gotta say, like, you know, I, I'm not. I almost thought, like, wait, did did he screw that up? They weren't both supposed to go over because he looked a little scared for a second. So I was like, oh, that's that's good acting, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, both these guys were just. They were always great technicians. Um, and and you know. great ring psychology, because yeah. when you go to the end of this match, it's Piper hesitating, cheating. Yes. Right. 
And I that, that hesitation moment. made all the difference in the world. And mm-hmm. it, it really told the story of, okay, is Roddy going to be a bad guy? Are, are you going to have goodness or badness? Right. Mm-hmm. I love How about that. a fresca? <laughs> no, I, I had to get a Caddyshack reference. <laughs> uh, no, that's a great, that, that whole piece is a great moment. Knocks out the ref. He goes to steal the ring bell, and he brings it into the, the last moment. He decides not to hit uh, Hart with the bell, and then Hart wakes up and <laughs> pins him. <laughs> so good. I so, think they they uh, foreshadowed it a little bit too, because he he goes to punch him while he's trying to tie his shoe. So they kind of foreshadow him playing with getting a little immoral. Yeah, and so that's where the blade was. That's it yeah. was this match uh, because yeah. he went to tie his shoe and the referee points down and he goes to tie his shoe and he was pulling the blade out. That's where it was. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. The more you know. Now, I, um, as always, bringing up the announcing in the television production because that's mm-hmm. what I do. I am uh, I am old. Yeah, I'll just admit <laughs> that. Um, and I usually have closed captioning on for everything mm-hmm. in this case the closed captioning person even though it was done in post-production and the way you could tell that the closed captioning was done in post-production was the fact that every time they said the world wrestling federation it came up world wrestling entertainment right mm-hmm. The closed captioning person could not keep up with Heenan, no matter what they tried to do. And the only time I have seen a better example of this was when I was watching World Championship Wrestling with Dusty going, You know, baby, son of a woman, go out there and take the hot time to he wheel. And you basically just see the closed captioning dot, Dusty. dot, dot. <laughs> We don't know this language. And then they talk about the worldwide distribution of this WrestleMania to yes. 30 countries. And they meant... And, 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 <laughs> and says, or, uh, Heenan says, can, uh, can you spell them? And somebody <laughs> goes, UK? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm he like, yes. says which ones, and they're all like English-speaking ones. Yes. He says England, Ireland, others. Um, now, see, Avi, I, I, I don't know if you've seen a recent pay-per-view, but one of the things, uh, not one from quarantine, but back when they were live, yeah. they would usually spend a good five minutes allowing all the crews in all the different languages to to welcome everybody to whatever the pay-per-view is in their own language right. and uh tito santana would always uh, would usually santana. say ariba mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh the uh, uh smackdown's number one announcer funaki would funaki. always have something yeah would always have in yeah. there and then the uh the russian guys always look so happy yes <laughs> yes um Okay, so yes, this is an amazing match, has a great finish, and then we cut to an interview with Lex Luger. No, no, no. It's a milk okay. commercial. Oh, yes. It's a milk commercial. <laughs> it's 100% a milk commercial. <laughs> and here's the thing. Lex Luger is not signed to the World Wrestling Federation That's at the correct. time. He's in the World 
Bodybuilding Federation. So this is just a long commercial for Vince's World Bodybuilding Federation. And this was the second which, year of it, which yes. makes you go, it made it a year? <laughs> okay, I'm going to give Avi some context on what the World Bodybuilding Federation was. Please. Okay. Vince McMahon, obviously very successful in the 80s, less successful in the early 90s with wrestling. You know, he had WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan was a national celebrity, you know, so he figured, I can do this with other sports. About 10 years later, he'd do, he'd try it with football and fail miserably. The XFL! <laughs> but in the early 90s, Vince, being a huge fan of muscle men and like bodybuilding as a sport and an exhibition, went, I could do this. And he, and he did, because concepts. he was a bodybuilder, too. Right. I can take the same concepts I have in wrestling, where we'll, you know, we'll give them gimmick characters, and we'll make spectacle out of it, and, you know, we'll put storylines in there, and we'll put it on pay-per-view, forgetting that nobody gives a shit about bodybuilding. At all. Um, <laughs> you know, like, okay, if you have these two guys don't like each other, and they want to fight each other... It works. It doesn't work when you say, these two guys don't like each other and they're going to pose off and be judged on who has the better lats. Vince forgot that part. Yeah. Um, but so, yes, for about two years, every WWF show had to try and sell you on buying the World Bodybuilding Federation pay-per-view. Um, and this was Lex Luger, who had wrestled, retired from wrestling, um went to the WBF to be their champion, and when that folded, came back to wrestling because he was still under contract. Right. Um, but now, yes. Now, Max, I, I, I challenge us okay. because it is available from the, cha the YouTube channel named Not Sure, <laughs> which is just about a perfect channel for the World Bodybuilding Federation. Oh my God! We're the really entire sure. 1992 WBF pay-per-view is on YouTube. Oh my God! <laughs> they only did one. Sure. I think they did two, but this was the '92, uh, and, uh, and this is—I think this would be the one that Lex was on. Well, there you go. <laughs> There's your Patreon uh, subscriber additional content right there. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God! We oh. it, 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 we might just have to. It's a two-hour yeah. show. Ah, we might have to. <laughs> um. So yes, but again, we get a five-minute segment of Bobby Heenan interviewing Lex Luger, remote from Atlanta, Georgia, um, where he is wearing WBF branded apparel, and uh, he pronounces the word plethora funny. Plethora. Uh, yeah, he says, plethora. There's a plethora of competitors in the <laughs> WBF. Now, there are a couple things about about this. Pardon me, Max. I, I didn't mean to interrupt if you had another point or two. Go ahead. No. I was um, just going to say, I do. And then, yes, as Avi said, it ends on a milk commercial. Yes. Um, first of all, television production-wise... You notice that that Bobby and uh, Gorilla are in a booth. Yes. For this, um, and part of the reason why is that if you notice, uh, which 
unfortunately, a lot of times is done in, in television and especially in news. This is the fake satellite interview. Because you notice right. there are a few times when he goes too long and Luger starts to answer the question before the question's been asked. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he, he wasn't quite live from Atlanta, but no, oh my God. <laughs> um. uh, and and it's, Lex has all his body parts. That was the yes. other comment that I love. <laughs> he has all his body parts. You think? <laughs> He's missing an arm. Uh, um, Avi's going. Oh my God! What? I, I I'm lost. I have no idea what the arm missing thing is. Uh, well, what? no, because Gorilla says he has all his body parts. Oh, oh gotcha, he gotcha. starts naming them. Gotcha. Um, I was like, did I miss something? Was he hit by a truck? I don't know what happened. And I was impressed that Luger was uh, available, was able to take off his shirt this time. Yeah. Everybody. I don't search. know. <laughs> Everybody search uh, Google search Lex Luger versus T-shirt. It is yes. the best thing you will ever see. Even if you don't care about wrestling, watch that. Um, Super Brawl Saturday. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. <laughs> okay, then we get a promo with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Sergeant Slaughter, Big Boss Man, and Wrestling Superstar Virgil. Um. Which is just everybody gets ten seconds to explain who their character is, but that, um, but that was after yeah. we got to see Repo Man. Oh, that's right, the Nasty Boys, and oh, and I, I I've wanted I've wanted to do the uh, of of all the voices that I've wanted to do on this podcast. I am the Mountie. The Mountie. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> That's right. We get their their promo first, and it's it's what Craig was talking about before. We go to the bad guys' locker room, then we cut to the good guys' locker room. Um, I think... Oh, I didn't write it down. I think uh, Mean Gene is interviewing the heels, and Sean Mooney's entering the fa- interviewing the faces, or is it the other um, one? I don't remember. But, and then we, but but there were a couple things to no, to notice from this particular um, mm-hmm. this particular interview with uh, with uh, the nasty boys will nasty size you by the way yes I, I believe that along with jazzercise was one of the big uh, exercise trends in the early nineties um, looking at and now uh, now welcome to today's social commentary on the WKIF wrestling <laughs> network. Take a look at the big boss man. Now, let's just yes, examine this right yes. now. Yes, it's the Georgia State flag. I noticed yeah. it, too. I noticed it, too. Yeah. And he's basically beating people up mm-hmm. <laughs> with a nightstick. Yep. In a police uniform. In a police uniform. Yeah. With a, a Georgia flag that, at that time, had the Confederate flag as part mm-hmm. of it. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> So yeah, it's not a good look to no. make him. It's not a good look to make him. But the, the, uh, but apparently you know. they, I, I thought they gave away the finish in this because um, they were talking about tax or something and kept chanting chanting tax. I think it was, <laughs> and I said, "What is the finish thumbtacks?" <laughs> but that would come many years later. Yes. Um. Yeah. Um. It's 
Yeah, and then, oh, that leads us to Ray Combs from Family Feud. The last person I ever expected to see in this special, let alone slinging insults. <laughs> well, around this time, there was a couple of weeks where Family Feud did, like, um, they did WWF versus WBF All-Stars. Correct. Correct. And then they, they did uh, WCW versus Glow one week. So they did wrestling shows. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I might have to look up the glow one. I bet you that one's entertaining as hell. Oh, it's oh. on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, they're great. Yeah. It's uh, um, ho- Hollywood. Uh, uh, the the oh god, why can't I remember the Hawaiian girl's name? It just it's because I'm old. Um, <laughs> now, by the way, Ray Combs. <laughs> Let's talk about Ray Combs. Okay. Where's Steve Rossi when you need him? <laughs> well, Ray Combs just used this as as an excuse to do jokes from the old Dean Martin Roasts show. Exactly. Um. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, my personal favorite, Clothesline City. Yes. Is that um. down the street from Suplex City? I've lost it on my GPS. Close, close well, they weren't City. playing Red Rover? Yeah, uh, no, the, um, I, I will get back to, just circle back, we will get into the match, just, that version of Family Feud did a lot of those theme weeks. Like, I remember oh, yeah. there was one where the, it was, like, the cast of Batman versus the cast of Beverly Hillbillies or something like that, <laughs> you know. Um, I miss that on Family Feud. Steve Harvey, bring that back. Um, <laughs> but yes, this match is, uh, what can you say, it's four gimmicks versus three gimmicks in Virgil, it's, you know, um, it, it's, it is what it is. It, uh, they get a USA going, uh, USA chant going there, even though I think the only un-American wrestler would be the Mountie. Yeah, um, I was wondering if the Nasty Boys were, uh, from, uh, from Iran. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Shawn Michaels has left the building, by the way. Oh, I love Ran- that. Randomly. Randomly. Yes. Who ca- and he, uh, he says, who cares? Right? He goes, who cares? And of course, with Hacksaw Jim Duggan doing his USAs and his other trademark leads Bobby the Brain Heenan to oh. say, that's one too many hoes for that yeah. man. <laughs> Which is great. Um, and the only thing that made less sense is the person who actually won the match. It was Virgil, right? Oh my god, yep. who booked this? <laughs> like, out of a mosh pit. The whole thing, like, yes. breaks into a crazy mosh pit. Yep. And then they just zoom past and go, up, oh, and Virgil's got him. Yep. Right, and, like, I think... I, who knows who was the legal man? You know, like, at that point. Um, it wasn't the big but, boss man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but right before uh, the tag, or, or the pin, right before the pin is made... Gorilla says who he thinks the legal men are, and it's not the two guys that actually wound no. up in the finish. Right. <laughs> but Which... pandemonium ensued! How many pandemoniums yeah. are we at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Which means the expectation for us to follow was nil, right? If the guys paid to watch it don't know what's going on, yes. we sure as heck aren't supposed to know what's going on either. Yeah. Give, me, give me a break, Avi! Give me a break! <laughs> Would you stop? Um... <laughs> Yeah, Virgil was going to be the next big thing for a long time, and that never happened. Um, Virgil. Yeah, it was is. named after the original Virgil, Virgil Ronald, if you will. 
Yep. I'll take any excuse to do a Dusty Rose impersonation in the middle of the podcast. Which is why he became Vincent when he went to WCW. He's through. wrestling is petty. Um. <laughs> no, it's not petty. Uh, the Great American um, Bash. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> By the way, Avi, LonelyVirgil.com. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, Don't do that to him. Don't do that to him. Oh. Hey, what Virgil does now is he goes to wrestling conventions and sells way too much for his autograph. Um, and it's not just wrestling conventions. It's like flea markets. It's anywhere he can book a table. He, unfortunately, he's kind of got a con going because he promises Ted DiBiase will be with him and he never is. Um... And so there is a website dedicated to just pictures people have taken of Virgil sitting alone at his signing table. Um, Hello, oh, yeah, his, his banner even friend. says Ted DiBiase and Virgil. Yes. Um, okay. Well, if, if you're going to make uh, if you're going to make Avi watch that, um, I'm mm-hmm. going to give him something that will give him joy for days. And that is following the Iron Sheik on Twitter. I'm just saying, if we're going to give him Lonely Virgil, at least give him the Iron (laughs) Sheik on Twitter. The Iron Sheik's Twitter is amazing. All right. Um, Okay, we then get Sean Mooney interviewing Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair. They are looking at a picture they purport is a centerfold of Miss Elizabeth. Um, Yeah, I'm very upset I didn't get to see that. I know. Um, and then they cut to uh, Mean Gene Okerlund sitting outside of Randy Savage's dressing room. He can't get an interview with Randy Savage. Um, but the amount of money that was spent on the decorations <laughs> for the Macho Man's door. Yes! <laughs> to let us know that that janitor's closet was indeed... <laughs> his dressing room um so yeah rick flair is the wwf champion going into this uh he's got mr perfect uh with him and he is taking on macho man randy savage this is another one this is my vote for the second best match of the night because i think uh piper flair was the uh, piper um max the best max hold on a sec you sound like you're going underwater Okay. So, uh, Avi, um, what were your initial impressions of this match? Well, you know, to be honest, the, the first couple minutes, I, I don't even know what happened because all I kept hearing in my head was, snap it to a Slim Jim! Dig it! <laughs> he, he absolutely ruined himself with those commercials for me, so it was very hard to get past it. Avi, you know how to do the perfect macho man impersonation? There's just only one thing you have to do, and that's say everything twice. Everything twice. That's pretty good. <laughs> that is good. Uh, dig it. <laughs> There's one line from those commercials that will haunt me forever, and that is, how about the funky chicken? <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but that's the one line from those commercials I will always remember. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and I have to wonder, if Macho Man was coming down for breakfast, would he say, Liz, I want some bacon and eggs? Bacon and eggs. Um, Does it? I've never heard Randy talk in a normal voice. I nope. wonder what it would sound like. 
I can't imagine. <laughs> he probably sounds um, like Frank Sinatra. I bet she's got a beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, like I said, I love this match. I think it's it's really physical. It's brutal. Yeah. The flare blade job is far more obvious. Um, beautiful what, face plant, as only yeah. Ric Flair can do. Yeah. Um. And speaking of as only one person can do, can anybody do a better false finish windmill than Earl Hebner or Dave Hebner, whichever the Hebner was at this time? I mean, it's the one, two, and you're about to get that third thing and suddenly he does this windmill motion. Woo! (laughs) How does he not smack the mat? It's, It's pretty great. Flair does the, uh, the spot he always does where he gets tangled up in the ropes. I love that. Um, um, he has hidden knuckles too, right? He gets handed yes. off uh, like yes. like brass knuckles or something. Yes. Um, right. I I guess they did a ref bump for that. Yeah. Uh, no, they they did a ref sandwich. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so Hebner couldn't see it, but it was a, it was basically right. a sandwich. It, yes. Which didn't knock Hebner down because apparently he, he was able to be to endure the sandwich. Um, and, uh, Miss Elizabeth runs in at one point mm-hmm. and the, um, all the officials are trying to get her not to, uh, run in. I think we saw Jack Tunney there. Um, I don't know who the others were. It was like uh, four of them. They were all like, well, you know, I circling. Can te- I can tell you who they were. Okay. One was da- uh, the other Hebner, whether it's Dave or Earl. Okay. One was Rene Goulet. He was the one with a headset on. Right. Relation to Bob Goulet? <laughs> <laughs> that would be neat. Um, no, the other was Shane McMahon. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. It was Shane McMahon. So it's like a 22-year-old Shane McMahon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. And Tony, uh, to, no, Tony Gurria made an appearance later in the night, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um... But yeah, then they do a spot where uh, Rick forces himself on Liz and she slaps him. Yep. Um, Again, something yeah. that we probably couldn't do these days. Well, Just saying. I mean, well, they reacted in a very, like, that's not okay way. Yes. So I, I, I think I think it, it you know, given given the, the, the way that they framed it as it was a total heel thing and unacceptable, I think it probably could still fly. Yes, exactly. Good point. You can't... You can't do the Magnum TA kisses baby doll and she likes it. Right, definitely not. Yeah. Right. Um, Point, Avi. Yes. Um, 15, love. <laughs> <laughs> um, Savage, of course, wins this one. He's the new WWF champion. With the tights. Mm-hmm. Um, After taking a chair to the to the thigh. Yeah. And he, he milked that my leg hurts like for the last... Half of the the match. Yes, yes. Good psychology. Yeah. Um, and and of course, history has been made. <laughs> we didn't hear you, gorilla. History has been made. Um, and then we go back to the heels dressing room where Sean Mor- Mooney is interviewing Mister Perfect. Sean Morley. Sean Mooney. <laughs> that, that would have been funny if Sean Morley was interviewing. Hello. Ladies, <laughs> I'm a weird libertarian. <laughs> uh, here's my question. Yeah, there you go. Do not follow Sean Morley on the yeah, yeah. 
Here, here's a question. Why is there a payphone in the Heels locker room? Yeah. For the prison it calls. Was ni- it was 1992. They were everywhere. Um. Now, now it, the only time that I think it would make sense is if the New Age Outlaws were there. Because you better call somebody! I reached for that one. Um, so Sean Mooney interviews uh, Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair, and then Bobby Heenan runs in and shows us all the instant replay that, in fact, Savage did cheat to win and grab Brick's tights. Um, and then Flair gives an excellent promo, but, like, again, has he ever given a bad promo? Um, no. Not the nature boy, no. Um, and part of what makes it amazing, though, is that he is wearing the crimson mask. He's just covered in blood while he does it. Um, the swath up into the hair is nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he has that, like, bleached white hair. Yeah. So it looks really perfect. creepy. Yeah. Now, realizing that this is in a stadium, mm-hmm. where was Heenan, and how long did it take him to get there? <laughs> He was in the booth talking to Luger. <laughs> yep. And they never uh, did... Ex- uh, I, I guess this was at the time when when Heenan had uh, deemed Mr. Perfect the executive assistant uh, to take care of Mr. Flair's affairs. Right. And I can only assume that Perfect was injured at this time and it was a way to keep him on television. I would assume so. Um, and Mean Gene interviews Savage... And this is also a good promo. And what I love about this promo is that Randy completely acknowledges that he cheated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I grabbed the tights. <laughs> um, what about it? Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, then we get the video package for the Hogan and Sid Thank Justice God. feud. Oh, God. Which is the only appearance of Vince on the whole show. Is in archive footage from this. And you have to realize, Vince never... Uh, I I don't think Vince ever called a WrestleMania, did he? It was always Gorilla, and then it was Jim Ross. Yeah. I think in the, the early ones, they used a few different people, because I remember hmm, Alfred Hayes doing one, or at least part of one. <laughs> Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Yes. Um, but yeah. I think you're right. So are you talking about the interview that he does with Hulk about the last match? Because he yes. does that too. That's that's after this. Oh, is that? Yeah, so this okay. is this is just Sid Justice and then like the flashback of what's like kind of a vignette almost of what, okay. what you know, how he left him hanging in the, the tag team match and that kind of thing. And, oh, and, you're right. And Beefcake and Sid, which of course <laughs> leads Heenan <laughs> to say, this must be like hockey because there's going to be a face-off. Right, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, because we had the Tatanka match next, and that, then they fl- they go back yes. to sitting. Now, do you know the do you Which, know Avi the, what the the hockey face off thing is? You're saying like from a fight standpoint? No, actually, yeah, uh, Brutus the Bar- Brutus the Barber Beefcake had been in a boating accident and had pretty much lost his face. Oh, his I face mean, was restored. Yeah, totally. And they honestly did a pretty damn good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so you couldn't hit. That was the, the thing is who was going to hit uh, Beefcake in the face. And that's what made this so tense because, of course, Beefcake, one of, uh, one of Hulkster's buddies. Mm-hmm. And so that was where all the tension was. Gotcha. Is, was Sid going to actually hit Beefcake in the face? In the face, yeah. 
Um, but yes, before we actually get the match with Tatanka, we have members of Tatanka's tribe dancing in the ring. Yep. Oh, jeez. And then we have... That would not fly today. No. That would not. Um... Uh, and, and I'm we, just wondering where and Tyler then we have Breeze Sean is. Mooney interviewing Rick the Model Martell, who <laughs> does about 30 Native American puns in the process of two seconds. Is um, that supposed to be a French accent, by the way? He or, he was legit French. He was French Canadian. Yeah, but that accent's not real. No, that was terrible. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, he does he does the pun. Um, I have reservations. Yep. Ugh, it's yeah. And uh, he made a scalping joke also, scalping, I think. Right. Yeah. Scalping, right. Yeah, scalping tickets. scalping oh, tickets? Oh, God. I was like, ugh. Well, uh, I, I think that uh, Max will know what I call this match. This is the bathroom This break. is the bathroom break <laughs> match, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Tatanka versus Rick the Model Martell, you know. It's... Tatanka truck is something <laughs> that I heard at some point. I had incredible match. I think that's because I fast forwarded through it. Um, <laughs> and then, it's, and then, gorilla, fine. gorilla monsoon. Absolutely, mm-hmm. gorilla monsoon plays blackjack mulligan. As we go okay. back to last week, right? The masterful model Ric Flair. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you, blackjack. Oh my god. I did not notice that. Um, Is Steve Hogan on this? <laughs> <laughs> Hogan. Um, I'm going to get the giggles. <laughs> yeah, there's there's really nothing to say about this match. So let's it's, not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tatanka wins. Um and then we get Sean Mooney. Well, you you have to the politically correct <laughs> incorrect Victory celebration. Yes. Oh, yeah. My, my only think? note yeah. was literally very anticlimactic. That was my only note on this. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, right. We then get Sean Mooney interviewing Money Inc. I have a note about this. <laughs> yes. Okay. Who is the best promo man working in WWE today? Today? Today. It's Bray Wyatt, right? Yes. Yeah. Why was his father terrible? Um, <laughs> he is so bad. That would be Erwin R. Scheister. He's like, he was, I, I liked him as a wrestler, but um, his promo is awful. And that might just be because they're putting him next to Ted DiBiase, who was a great promo man. And um, Jimmy Hart. And Jimmy Hart. Um, but, who had yeah. the most amazing jacket for the, his his <laughs> the the airbrush? Oh my! Well, he always had great airbrush jackets, but this one was uh, this one was uh, absolutely out there with the yeah. WrestleMania logo on the back. This was amazing. Um. And their opponents, Shockmaster and the Tente Express. Yep, the natural disasters. <laughs> In John more Tenta. ways than one. <laughs> John Tenta, known as the Earthquake, and Fred Ottman, the Typhoon. Um, or you know the shock master. The shock um, master. Avi, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, do you know what we're talking about? I I do. Yes, yeah. so I'm, okay. I'm familiar with the double okay. disaster. All right. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> uh, I I I wanted to concentrate on this particular spot, where okay. money sends Otman into the rope. Right. And he hesitates going into the rope. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then when he comes back, he turns backwards for the clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw that. And, uh, you know, I'm a nice guy, Max. I don't mm-hmm. think that, you know, I'm never overcritical of people. Right. But, oh, my God, Fred Ottman was such a waste of space. <laughs> I will say this. Ted DiBiase's chops looked amazing. Yep. Um, yes. His knife edges, oof, on point. Well, that, because Money, Inc. walked out, I demanded a refund. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I think that played into exactly how they were trying to portray things. Yes, right. That's a yeah. very Jimmy Hart move, and you know, you got a guy named IRS, right? That's very. We win. We, we lost technically, but we still win. I thought that yeah. was great. I thought it was a good good move on their part. Yes. Yeah, that's how they win. They they keep the belts by forfeiting the win. Avi, um, uh, uh, do you know that there are uh, spots uh, open on the booking committee at WWE? You want to call them? <laughs> No, it's I, uh, it's telegraphed because uh, when the match begins, Gorilla puts over. Belt can only change hands by pinfall right. or submission. <laughs> Just um, in case you weren't aware of that rule, we're putting yeah. it out there right now. Yeah. It's called foreshadowing. Oh, and then we get Gene interviewing Brutus Beefcake. Face-off thing. I just can't get over that the only reason this guy got a pushed was because he was Hulk's buddy. He was the man of a thousand mad gimmicks. He was the barber, the butcher, the Zodiac. And I know I'm forgetting a bunch. Well, Um, all all you have to do is listen to Conrad Thompson in one of his podcasts where you get (laughs) Brutus the Barber Booty. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then, when have I ever said this about an Owen Hart match? Owen Hart versus Skinner, what the hell? And Skinner isn't even introduced. <laughs> and this was Owen Hart wearing his high-energy high gear. This is when he was teaming up with Coco Beware. Um, and, like... Skinner spits on him. <laughs> the, the, the thing about this is, like, I'm watching this, and... I was just so amazed that I guess 92 was a different time that they'd bother to book a squash on WrestleMania. This, this thing lasts less than two minutes. This is uh, called a network time filler. Yeah. And they didn't have the network yet, so you wondered why they had to have the time filler. Yeah. You, you paid for the pay-per-view for three hours, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, now, I wonder, because they didn't have... Work with me here, people. Work with me. They didn't have interviews. Right. They didn't have introductions. Right. Well, uh, Skinner didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, it it looked rushed. It looked like, oh, go out there. Wrestle for a couple minutes. You suppose they were running really short and actually said... Let's just throw this match on here. We need something to fill time. Because like, back in these days, the pay-per-views would go exactly three hours. Right. It does seem... It, that does seem possible. I mean, nothing uh, made sense in this match. No. <laughs> go out there. Waste time. Yeah. That's booking at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Skinner's existence, so... Skinner was one of the fabulous ones. Steve Kern, yes. along with Stan Lane and Memphis, Tennessee, Omalaya's Russell, everybody. Oh, sorry. And when he got to WWF, he was the Alligator Man Skinner. 
And then we get Gene interviewing Sid again. And that's, you're right, Avi, that's the package of Vince interviewing Hogan and the only time we see Vince on the whole show. Yep. Um, Harvey Whippleman is with Sid in the locker room but doesn't talk to Gene, but then he's introduced by Howard Finkel uh, as the ring announcer. Downtown uh, Bruno from Memphis, Tennessee, who is Sid's buddy, and that's how he got the gig. He, he worked with Lawler for a long time and then ended up yeah. working in WWE Almost as long as the Brooklyn Brawler did. Wow. I mean, he, he, was, uh, he was basically the, the production assistant for WWE television for many years. Yeah. I mean, on air, he was always like the babyface manager. Um, well, no, I mean, Sid's the heel in this. Yeah. But usually Heenan was the heel manager. And, and of course, yeah. what, what did Harvey call it? Because he's from Memphis? It's WrestleMania. 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 <laughs> Uh, and even the close. Uh, this is where I noticed that even the closed captioning changed it to World Wrestling Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when Hogan comes out, they don't stop playing his music. Oh yes, <laughs> the match begins and they're still playing the music. It's great. <laughs> when it comes rushing down in the world, no, stop now. Ma- Max, music doesn't stop for real Americans. No, that's true. <laughs> because you can hurt my friends and you can hurt my pride. <laughs> this is uh And I, w- I was wondering if that expect. was just I was wondering if they were covering up Eye of the Tiger. Hmm. But uh, this was a little later than Eye of the Tiger. Though. Yeah, but uh, yeah. why yeah, why did they play uh, play it that long? Yeah. Maybe they needed Rick Derringer to make a few extra bucks? I don't know. I mean, it's entirely possible that he was using some other licensed music that um, the network had to cover up. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, this is a match if I told you in 1992 Hulk Hogan and Justice had a match. It's what you'd expect. Um, My note here, rest hold after rest hold. A lot of rest holds. Uh, I almost fell asleep. Well, it started out really quick with the punch out of the ring. Yeah. And then quickly dofed. (laughs) So I was like, oh, cool. This is actually going to be higher. No. No. (laughs) A lot of of peacocking, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, and I said, even the doctor bag was weak in this one. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. A lot of peacocking. A lot of Hulk asking the crowd what he should do with Sid. Um, I love that term, peacocking. Yes. I'm gonna, I need to use that at least three times this week. <laughs> hey, what uh, you doing peacocking over there? Papa Shango runs in toward the end. Yep. Um, a few years before he'd be a pimp. The godfather. Um, yep. But nope, he was still a voodoo priest at this point. And he runs in to help Sid, but then the ultimate warrior runs in to help Now, this aired when I was 15. Yeah. Uh, so I did not remember the timeline on this at all. I had forgotten that the warrior left and came back. Mm. So this is the worry. Like, that's the big surprise is that the warriors come back. But he came back um, still looking like a kid's bicycle handle. Yes. Um, <laughs> You'd think he would have picked a better look, you know? Oh, the tassels uh, on the biceps. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. bringing it with the lines. 
What would he be peacocking as a bicycle? He he could. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Oh boy. He really went insane after a while. Um, so what was the finish on the match, ladies and gentlemen? Does anyone know what the finish was on the match? It was DQ, right? And But why was, was it a DQ? Because of the Papa Jungo, right? That's how you say it? Papa Shango, Shango wasn't even out of the aisle when the DQ was called. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. It Somebody was, fucked it, up the timing Yeah, there. he wasn't even... The bell had rung. Papa Shango is lumbering down the aisle. Sorry, sorry, Charles. I, I said you were lumbering. Um, uh, <laughs> it was a big aisle. Oh, a big aisle. Uh, <laughs> and, and Gorilla says later, well, Papa Shango causes the DQ. No, he didn't. <laughs> Harvey Whippleman caused the DQ. Papa wasn't even there. Uh. Dr. Harvey Whippleman. Dr. Dr. Harvey Whippleman. Dr. Whippleman. He takes takes time to correct you, so you know you gotta... Because we want this podcast to be a place where you can hear stories that you won't hear anywhere else, because nobody cares, but stories that you won't hear anywhere (laughs) else. I once went to an SMU football game. SMU is where I went to school in Dallas. With Charles Wright, a.k.a. Papa Shango, a.k.a. The Godfather, a.k.a. The Soul Taker. And we were sitting in the student section. And this was back in the days, way before the days you could even imagine having alcohol at a college football game. But, of course, we're in the student section. So we're sitting there watching the game. And some fraternity guys bring out a bottle of Jim Beam. (laughs) And Charles, who in real life is considered one of the uh, premier bouncers in all of Las Vegas, says, hey, that looks really good. (laughs) And the kids turn around and they see Charles right there. (laughs) <laughs> of course, this is before anybody knew who he was. He was just a big right. guy. Right. He goes, can I have some? <laughs> and the fraternity guy look, turns around and like, what? And turns around. And at the top of his lungs, security! Security! <laughs> <laughs> he got his shot really quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can, because because Charles was a big man, he was a very imposing man, and I could just see the frat guys down there going, "What do we do? What do we do?" <laughs> <laughs> and then when he yells security, it's like, "Oh my god, here we are at SMU in the middle of Highland Park, and it's Charles Wright yelling security." <laughs> Uh, I love life on the road like that. Anyway, that that is that's a story you won't hear anywhere except exclusively here on the WKIF Wrestling Network. Yes. Your mileage may vary, member FDIC. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. That's WrestleMania Eight. Uh, as I said at the beginning, it's not the worst WrestleMania. That's still nine. Um, Eight was not great. It's not. It's it just feels kind of dull. 
Um, I hope here. our show wasn't as dull as the show was. I, 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 have a, I have an analogy I think may be apt. You know when people talk about the worst movies of all time and they talk about things like The Room or Plan 9 from Outer Space? French Kiss. Oh. <laughs> That's mine. Okay. I'm getting to that, actually. Oh, um, really? Okay. Well, not necessarily, but since you brought it up. Okay. Okay, so they, they talk about like things like Plan 9 from Outer Space or The Room, right? Right. I never feel those qualify because those things are at least watchable. They're, they're train wrecks, you know? Um... I hate the term so bad it's good, but they're so bad it's good. And that's like what watching last week's show was like. Correct. Because that was just a disaster beginning to end. This is a competent wrestling show that just kind of doesn't work. Which always, I think, when people say the worst movies of all time, it's easy to say something like Plan 9 from Outer Space, but it's more accurate to say something like French Kiss Ah. or The Sheltering Sky. You know, it's just boring. Um, it's meh. So this is, that's how I feel about this show. It's fine. There's two great, one good, one great match on it. And the rest of it is meh. It's meh. There's no clear vision to it. So I would like to do uh, what they do. on Hulk Hogan is in the main event and he barely gets mentioned on the show. Um, (laughs) I don't know if anybody else noticed that. (laughs) Okay. I did not. So... As they do in syndicated yes. television, I mm-hmm. will be more than happy. You know, when you watch daytime television and you'll see a promo for mm-hmm. that very show on the daytime television because yes. the, they, they forget to take it out. Yes. So I'm going to do that for this episode. Ooh, hey, everyone. I'm Craig Johnson. Join me and Max along with Avi for a show that is talking about one of the most mass shows of all time. <laughs> and because we're talking about a mass show, you know, it could be a re- really bad show. So why, why don't you come to, well, if you have time, uh, we got nothing else to do. Uh, um, yeah, we're doing a show. Listen, okay? Okay. Is your lawn mowed? Are all your dishes done? Still looking for something to do? <laughs> perfectly pleasant way to spend two and a half hours um are you spending a lot of time at home with nothing to do and can't go out <laughs> wrestlemania 8 might be wrestlemania for you. 8 is for you <laughs> nine out of okay. ten doctors named harvey whippleman will tell you <laughs> board certification pending yes um, okay. not licensed in all areas Okay, we have to ask Avi what he learned this week about wrestling. What did you learn about wrestling today? <laughs> I don't know if I learned more about wrestling or more about the 90s. You know, <laughs> it's 92, we're two years into the 90s, and I can't help but notice the entire crowd is still wearing 80s hair. Yes. So, you know, I learned that. Uh, and, and I learned a, a oh, couple things. A guy in, in, like, the second row wearing a t-shirt that says, Button Your Fly, which completely dates this to <laughs> yes, April of 92. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, I, I learned that apparently the uh, the group that runs WWE has been working as a family for a very long time. I didn't know Shane was uh, an official in his 20s. That's pr- actually pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I learned that Paul Bearer keeps snacks in the urn. <laughs> well, because, you know, I have to have the power from somewhere. Oh, yes. 
I miss uh, Percy. I remember seeing an interview in which he talked about how he was very good friends with George Jones, and I always thought yeah. that was uh, an interesting concept for a friendship. And, and Avi, Percy did you know? Did you Jones. know that? Uh, pardon me for interrupting, Max. I'm very, mm-hmm. I'm very Quite rude. Right. Don't you have a button that you can shut me up with? <laughs> Did you know, Avi, that Paul Bearer was legitimately an undertaker? No, but that's awesome. So there you go. Number four that I learned. <laughs> <laughs> he, when he went down and sat down for his interview, and he actually told me the story before it became public. Common knowledge. Um, yeah. he, he sat down and they said... Uh, well, um, Percy, because he was Percy Pringle the Third. Uh, Percy, uh, you know, we know you've been in wrestling a long time. Uh, what was your job before that? And he said, "Well, uh, I, w- I actually got bodies uh, prepared for um, for burial at a, at a morgue <laughs> or at a funeral parlor." <laughs> and they all start laughing. They're going, "You're kidding me, right? <laughs> this is a rib. You put us up to this? Nope. Legitimately, he was an undertaker." That's awesome. So is that why they gave him the uh, managing the Undertaker job? Uh, as to, and, and they had brought well, him in Brother to Love, do that, but, but they had no idea person. that he was. No yeah. idea at all. And so when you oh, when you go through the, uh, all right. the funeral parlors and all the gimmicks that the Undertaker did with the embalming and all that, they right. used all of, of Percy's knowledge of that That's cool. to create such an amazing character. That is so is that and, is that life imitating art or art imitating life? That's hard to see where that starts and ends, right? Yeah. Inception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, before we wrap up, Avi, do you want to tell people where they can reach you, and do you want to put anything over? Uh, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I'm also on uh, Instagram under Magic Is In You, so they can reach okay. out to me that way if they like. Okay. We've got magic to do just for... Oh, we didn't license that song. Sorry. (laughs) As I always love to say, musical theater reference. Yes. (sighs) Okay. And please join us again next week when we will be talking about... I'm going to get the letters wrong that... It's a show I've never seen. I'm, I'm excited to look to watch it. It's the ECCW. Is that right? That is correct. From all Canada. Yep. Uh, from the 80s, right? Correct. So, moving out of the early 90s a little bit, because I think we've been stuck there for the past couple weeks. Um, And yes, so please join us for that. Until next time, for Craig Johnson, I am Max. Keep it it kayfabe. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.